Hi everyone and welcome to M5 Chronicles where we talk to founders in Africa about the work that they're doing. Today we chat to Gift Udo, the founder of Norina Farms, an organic farm that produces chemical-free vegetables all year round and ensures availability, accessibility and affordability of fresh vegetables. She also started an enterprise that trains rural farmers, youth and women on how to grow chemical-free vegetables. So tell me about Gift first. I really want to know who is Gift and what drives her. Okay, um, I am a social entrepreneur. I'm actually more passionate about impacts. So I'm impact-driven in the agricultural space. So what I, I, I am a graduate of zoology and environmental biology. After graduation, I noticed some problems in the agricultural space, and I had to go in to help salvage situations. I started with just producing vegetables because of scarcity of vegetables when it is dry season. So I started to produce just to reduce scarcity and reduce the hike in price when it is scarce. And then I was producing. I saw I couldn't do the production alone. I wanted to produce organic and help more people consume healthy. So I saw that I could not do it alone. So I had to start working with farmers. I started working with farmers to produce organic vegetables. And then along the line, I saw that it wasn't just production of organic vegetables. Farmers were actually facing the problem of pesticide poisoning, agrochemical poisoning, agricultural hazards that they did not even know that they could um, avoid, they could avert this problem. So that's how I started to train them, train, after training, um, I supply them inputs that they can use to produce. That's high-yielding inputs to produce. Then I go forward to offtake from them after production. So this is what I do. Oh, wow. So you actually produce the, in, the, the inputs to help them yourself? Or you buy from okay, a I, supplier? I partner with, I partner with seeds producing companies. So I, I partner oh, wow. with Sigenta. East West Seeds, Thai Agro. I partnered with some seeds producing company just so that we can get high yielding seeds. It's not like we don't have, we have seeds here. We have seeds that the farmers usually buy, local seeds, but they are not high yielding. Mm. So the farmers just press themselves, try and try to produce with those seeds, but the seeds do not do it. That's, the, that's one of the reasons they actually use, actually use chemicals to produce oh, just wow. so that they could produce boost production and then get more yield. So oh, bringing wow. in high yielding seedling, seeds and seedlings has really helped to reduce the use of pesticides. Oh, nice. And um, I'm sure you, you also had your, your proof of concept per se um, by the Norina Farms that you, that you own. How's that going with Norina Farms? It's been good. We have a huge market that we have not been able to satisfy. That's where, why we are able to sell, sell for so many farmers. Like we're mm. able to still take from farmers because we cannot produce everything. We have a huge market. We have like a, a huge customer base that we are unable to satisfy currently. So bringing in more farmers is going to help us satisfy more customers. Okay, so let's talk about this year round affordable vegetables component that you guys have. How did you formulate that? How do you ensure that there's all year round vegetables? Okay, so um, most of the farmers depend on rain, like mm -hmm. the crops are rain fed. So I had to come up with um, drilling low cost boreholes and then drip irrigation. 
so that wow. even when during the dry season they are able to produce and then we also do this swamp production for vegetables so when it is rainy season we can come to the upland to produce and then during the dry season we go to the swamp where there is water in the oh, soil wow. oh that's impressive so right now we are producing we call it upland we produce in the upland right now because it's raining so once it is the dry season let's say from september we're going to be going to the swamp we'll start the swamp production Oh, nice. So how receptive has the communities you work in been? Which communities are you working in currently? Okay, I'm currently working in River State. And in River State, we have worked in Afam. We have worked in Obama, Konkom, and Izoma. So like four communities currently. And when you say receptive, (laughs) at first, it's always a challenge to yeah. talk to them, tell them that this this actually works. It's always a challenge. When when you first go into the community to tell them about what you do, what you want to do for them, how you want to help them, you know, the, um, about pesticide poisoning, they had to see evidence of someone, like someone actually died for them to believe that this thing is real, oh, wow. that they can actually die. And then, so they started to open up and talk about their own challenges like oh actually experienced um huge body pains after after using pesticide i always i i usually experience body itching my chest um usually gets clogged whenever i finish um using pesticide so they started to open up after they listened and then they they mm. saw life that this thing actually kills it can actually kill a person and then um Whenever we want to go to a new community, we use, we work with, we call them farm influencers. So oh, these are okay. people that the farmers already trust. Someone like um, an agricultural development officer, someone that they have worked with over the time and built trust with. So we work with that person in that particular community. So the person is the one that introduces us to the farmers. Oh, wow. So when they yeah. do an introduction, yeah, they, they accept us better. But yes. previously, whenever whenever we go on our own, they they don't listen as much as they do when an influencer mm. does the introduction. Okay. A- apart from the communication channel challenge that you experienced, what other challenges have you experienced as a, a while you're running this enterprise? Okay. Um, I'll say the, one of the challenges is security challenges. So we work with mostly rural farmers. And we have to go for like farm inspections. We have to go and actually see what they are doing, what they have on ground, so that we know that, oh, whatever we are training them on, they are actually putting it into practice. practice. They, are not, they are not going somewhere in the middle of the night to go and use pesticides when we are not watching. So we actually go for farm infection, uh, inspections. And when you go for these farm inspections inside rural communities, communal crisis may just break out and... Mm and like you're on your own so that's that's like one of the major challenges going into deep deep bushes and without any kind of security you just know that you are on your own it's just you and the farmers and if anything happens you're your own and i think another challenge we experienced that we have been able to overcome this is um what we give we we used to give farmers the inputs we give them the produce and then we go and offtake. Well, after the offtake, we off, we talk to them plus and minus, get, get our own money for the inputs and then we give them their own. 
So um, along the line, farmers started to boycott us. So because we give them the inputs, they want to sell to someone else just so that they don't have to pay for the inputs they use in producing. So we had to start selling the inputs to them. Like we sell the inputs and then we go back to buy from them. So if they don't want to sell to us, it's not a problem. They can actually go and sell somewhere. Yes. Oh, wow. So that's, um, yeah. It's impressive that you then ended up finding a solution to that really massive problem because it might have then affected your whole business. That's, uh, that's yes. really good. Um, and then so in terms of impact, you mentioned that you are more of an impact person. Um, how do you measure your impact and what has the impact been so far? Okay. Um, for this particular, for this social enterprise that I run, I actually measure my impact by the number of farmers we have trained so far. Mm. So, so far we have trained 160 farmers. And wow. then one of the things we have done during this um, COVID-19, like when COVID-19 broke out and markets, even currently markets are still locked down in Nigeria. Mm. So we had to help farmers sell. So we didn't, we, we, we were, already helping our own farmers sell, farmers that we, we trained, but the market was locked and a lot of people wanted food and the farmers had food, but there was no way to link, like for the farmers to get to the consumers. So we, we came in like middlemen and we started selling so many things that we stopped, like we stopped selling, veg- we were selling vegetables, but we started selling um, things like gari. Um, oh, wow selling plantain for other farmers just so that they can reach consumers so doing this we were able to do we're able to do currently we have done 350 tons of produce for the farmers like people have consumed 350 tons of food that we we um of of took from the farmers and then we 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 of took from 154 new farmers we of we we actually bought from them to sell to consumers. So new farmers. So we got more farmers, even though we, we did not train them, but we actually helped them to sell what they produce. Instead of um, post-harvest losses, we helped them to reduce post-harvest losses. So oh. I just, I measure my impact by the number, like let's say how yeah. much we I help them sell and how many people have been trained. So I use numbers. That's good. That's very good because a lot of social enterprises struggle to then measure their impact. Um, so you are a Tony Elemelu influencer. Can you talk to us about how important partnerships and networks have been in the growth of your business? Okay. Network, I would say, um, as like everybody says, your network is your network. Um, mm-hmm. I started actually started my business with the Tony Elemelu Foundation grants. Oh, great. Yes. Um, yes. I started in 2016. I got I got the grant in 2016 during my my service year, and then I had my savings, so I had to combine combine it with my savings, and then I started um, producing the vegetables. I constructed a greenhouse myself and started to produce indoor and open field. So, from the foundation, I I think I I got I got training from the foundation, which helped me like opened my eyes to networking. And from networking with um, entrepreneurs on the platform, the Tony Lumi Foundation platform, I was able to know that um, I can't only grow just um, our local vegetables. I could actually do 
um, more exotic vegetables. I met people, I met, I actually met someone that constructs greenhouse. He's into greenhouse construction. And that was how I, I thought about, oh, greenhouse. And I worked with him and constructed my, that was like the first time constructing a greenhouse on my own. And, and I actually succeeded at it. So like networking, partnerships, very important. I don't think I would have been able to, to, and partner with seeds producing company, if not for the network I've built over the years, I actually had to reach out to some people and they, they just connected me to seeds producing company. Like I want to, I want to partner with Sigenta. I want to um, supply their seeds to my farmers. And someone did an introduction and that was it. So like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been able to meet all these people. I wouldn't have been able to partner with all these people, if not for the network that I built over the years. So um, I learned, I, I, I learned how to network from the um, foundation, Tony Lulu Foundation. And then I went for that when I, when I was in the US, they actually taught us networking in class. So those skills I, I built, like I learned, and then I, I had to build on those skills and then use it over time for my business, just to help grow my business. That's really impressive. That's very, very good. Um, so any parting words, what would you like to tell an aspiring farmer or an, an aspiring social entrepreneur? about the journey ahead of them? Okay, I'll say um, whatever they are doing, the truth is someone is watching and one day that person will notice them and then bring them to the light. That's just uh -huh. it. Whatever they are doing, they shouldn't grumble because I get a lot of people talk to me about, oh, how did you become someone that a lot of people know? And I'm like, I was just in my little corner doing my thing and then I got yeah, to So this. I think that they should, they should just continue to impact and someone is definitely watching. Someone is actually looking and looking at what you're doing. So they shouldn't give up. They should not give up. They should just continue yeah. to impact. That's very true. Thank you so much, Gift, for your time. And thank you so much to our incredible audience. We hope you join us next time. Bye.